Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What are your thoughts on on manifestation? Mm -hmm. I love this topic. (laughs) (laughs) My friends call me the queen of manifestation. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I believe in it, 100%. And I think that's a huge ingredient. Um, if you don't believe in it, then there's a huge percent of resistance in your field. And how are you going to attract something when there's resistance present? Right? There's there's uh, under 8 billion people on the planet. There's 8 billion different realities happening simultaneously, all deciphered through the lens that you believe your reality through. So two of us in the same room, two of us having completely different experiences due to the lenses that we are seeing our experience in this present moment through. And the lens is a byproduct of all of our thoughts and our beliefs up until this point. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So manifestation, you and I, for example, could use a tool that supports a manifestation like a vision board. And you and I could both do the same vision board or a vision board just right next to each other and we have all the things and we create it together and we do the thing and then we go <laughs> off and you put your vision board up in your room and I put my vision board up in my room and everything on your vision board comes true. Nothing on my vision board comes true. Because it's not about the vision board. It's about the believer that's looking at the vision board and actually believing and putting that energy, the emotion behind it, energy in motion out to the universe to actually be able to come back like a boomerang. So, for example, like the, the we talk about manifestation as the law of attraction, it's also, there's many laws on this planet, there's multiple laws on this planet, one of them being the law of gravity. I pick this up, I drop it, falls down. Okay, what made that fall down? That was the law of gravity. Mm. Okay, so... When you send an email from your computer, do you see a letter fly out of your computer and fly out to the ethers <laughs> to the next person you know the email's being sent? No. No, but do you believe that the email got sent? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. But you can see it. Mm-mm. Right. But there's a belief because somebody did receive it that that is something that's happening. Right. Well, there's things that are happening in the non-physical realm that we don't see but are actually happening every day, like the law of attraction. So whatever your essentially you're vibrating you're a big ball of energy or vibrating at the frequency of whatever story you're telling yourself so you're attracting more to confirm that into your experience Mm. and so for me i tell myself stories of uh, magic and music and play and excitement and joy human connection and um, infinite possibilities and therefore i live in a reality that reflects that back to me Um, other people may say that I live in the clouds and I don't live in a reality that is available to most. And yeah, they're right. I do. I don't live in a reality that's available to most because most people don't even believe this is a possible thing. So the believing is seeing. So first is the belief that it's even a real thing. I have had the most profound things happen when I have actually sat and got clear on what my intentions are. So, welcome back to another episode of the Look Up Podcast to my Look Up listeners, dreamers, philosophers, thinkers, whatever it is that we define ourselves as. Wow, what a crazy couple of weeks. It is March 24th, 2020, and we are smack in the middle of the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. Uh, crisis, if you will. 
Um, and I'm going to continue broadcasting episodes uh, regardless of the situation because I continue to believe that the guests that I have on the show uh, are incredibly special humans that have gifts to share with the world. And as the guest in this episode says, media is medicine and we need uh, positive media now more than ever with the pandemic of fear, the dis-ease, disease of fear that is spreading uh, along with this biological uh, pandemic. And I believe now more than ever, we need this. So we'll continue broadcasting. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I decided to move this episode up. It was actually a few episodes uh, back in my list, but I felt that the conversation was so powerful. Uh, it was uh, so healing for me personally, and I feel that you can hear that come through the, the mic. Uh, my guest today is Blue Cosmic Eagle. I first heard about Blue through my friend Ryan, um, who had visited her at the Mother Tree uh, in Los Angeles, which is a space where they hold ceremony uh, and invite community to come and create a different kind of reality than that which we are used to, one in which the energy of giving and receiving is considered one and the same, one in which when you're there, you feel the belief that anything is possible, uh, and one that taps into the power of manifesting the greater good for all humankind. And so this is a little bit of a different episode for me. I've had um, entrepreneurs on this show, philosophers. Um, this episode with Blue is diving deep into a metaphysical level and language uh, that is even new, uh, definitely new for me to an extent as well. Uh, so Blue is the mama of the mother tree, and she is a healer. She's a shaman of sorts. She's also a singer, a musician. Uh, Blue has her own podcast, which I've had the pleasure of listening to uh, since she launched it a few short months ago. It's called the Deja Blue Podcast. And I will uh, share a link to that as well as the mother tree for you all here. Again, this episode is different. I invited Blue to, as she does on her show, to open the container, so to speak, and start us off with intention setting, which she does extremely beautifully. And I also invite her to close the container at the end of the episode, and she leaves a quite a profound blessing that I think is of import for all of us today one of response rather than reaction, one of positivity rather than fear, uh, invoking the power of love and manifestation for the greater good of all beings. So that's pretty much it for me. I think one other note is I realized that in the middle of this conversation, I started falling into kind of an inquiry that reminded me a little bit of uh, the Prophet, Khalil Gibran's The Prophet, if you haven't read it, it's one of my favorite books of poetry. It's absolutely beautiful. But instead of asking questions, I started uh, saying things like, speak to us of belief. <laughs> and I think it's just because when you're at the mother tree, you feel this extremely powerful um, spiritual presence that is, uh, is really hard to describe. And I was really falling into that. It's just such a gorgeous space. And so, yes, without further ado... I bring you Blue Cosmic Eagle. Also note here, yes, I am signing back in after introducing Blue, is uh, 
man, so much laughter in this episode. And I really hope that uh, you sense the humor in it all, the cosmic joke, as uh, Alan Watts has described it, the, the fool in all of us realizing that now more than ever, I think it's clear that anything is in fact possible. We really just do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. And at the time of recording this episode, before the whole coronavirus scare started to spread through the land, I really was struggling with this concept of, man, is anything truly possible? Obviously not. I can't jump off of this cliff and go flying across the sea. There are bounds to this three-dimensional reality that we live in, uh, physics as an example. However, uh, maybe the only thing that's separating us from the possible is time and space. And so really, I think waking up and feeling that the entire world is essentially quarantined in their home and the world economy as we know it has ground to a halt and I walk outside and people are wearing virus masks everywhere and you know there is this air of fear out there it's it's shocking truly that something that we truly could not have predicted nor expected has really changed the world as we know it today and I ask if the world can be changed in this way then how else can the world be changed? And if anything is possible, then what can we create together? What beauty, what magic can we create together to really lean into that, to really believe that the world can be something completely new tomorrow and we all get to contribute to that. So that was the follow-on thought. I usually just record these intros in one go. Um, So I don't think I'm going to ask my sound engineer, Sam, holler Sam, to change anything. I just want to, once again... Without further ado, I bring you Blue Cosmic Eagle. All right, closing our eyes. I'm taking a moment to feel into the gratitude of so many different things that got to align for us to be sitting here in the greenhouse at the mother tree together. Even sending gratitude to the, the leaf blowers that are happening next door and all of the sounds, the dogs, and all of the different sounds of nature that are happening here right now, just uh, breathing in the gratitude that the universe has conspired, that lots of different little synchronicities have happened so that we can sit here on these beanbags in the greenhouse at the mother tree with a microphone, with the brand of blue, which is also the color of blue, interviewing blue uh, with Mark and um, being able to share our wisdom, being able to share the frequency of our heart from the comfort of our home, of life's experiences, of absorbing life's experiences like a sponge and being able to just speak and share and connect and collaborate and communicate and allow no filters through our heart's expression and the intention behind these words and the intention behind this conversation is that every person that is aligned to hear the frequency of these words may this ripple inspiration expansion into the listeners may this be a place of truth may this be a place where all illusion is dissolved and may this be a place where anything that is not in unconditional love is transmuted back to its original form of unconditional love because it's the artist's responsibility to make the revolution irresistible. And it's through our play and it's through our truth 
and it's through our conversation and our collaboration and all the colors that we put on the canvas that is going to make this irresistible to recognize that every single person is a leader of their own experience. And through our sharing our truth and our heart and our vulnerability, may that be a permission slip for every person that listens to this podcast to activate their joy and their play to make their own reality irresistible for themselves. Turning media into medicine. And this being one of the dominoes that pushed the revolution of media as medicine to hit today. For our children and our children's children, and for every single person that we come into contact with from this point forward, may we be a permission slip for unapologetic, radical self-expression. Because at this point, why not? <laughs> so, so much gratitude for being asked to be a guest on this podcast. <laughs> so grateful, Mark, for you coming here to the mother tree and collaborating with me on our little beanbags. <laughs> with all the magic and with all the permission that all of this information flows right through our heart without touching our mind today. Because mm. yeah. that's truly the greatest gift and that's truly our medicine because we are the medicine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And so it is. I hope. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Excellent. Talk to me about play. Mm -hmm. Some of this medicine, this work, self-work, spiritual work, for me, it can feel so serious mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the eternal child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> play is like a number one for me. If the joy is not in it, if the play is not in it, in whatever it is that I'm doing, then, um, then I don't do it. Essentially. Mm -hmm. And so it's like recognizing that the greatest or the most powerful tool uh, card in the tarot deck is the fool because the fool recognizes this is one big cosmic game. Mm -hmm. And so the fool will constantly leap off the edge over and over and over again and find that it's a feather bed on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the fool. How, how refreshing is it to play the fool sometimes? I love it because the fool is also a shapeshifter. The fool is whoever they need to be in every given moment. So the fool accesses all parts of their multidimensional self and plays whatever role is needed, recognizing that the only thing that's constant is change. And so to change us constantly is the greatest player of the deck. <laughs> and so playing the fool is so much fun because life is one constant never-ending mystery. And I just sit with the front, at the front row with the popcorn watching what the heck is going to happen next. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just to give it a little bit of context, we're sat in a, uh, in a greenhouse surrounded by paints and canvases and colors and beanbags and rugs. And, and beautiful nature. And nature around. and the energy in here is, is permission to play. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they made that <laughs> ripple into the podcast. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I've been I've been um, calling in joy and play um, into my life in like a really big way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's probably 
my number one intention at this moment is to be a little lighter, Mm -hmm. be a little more playful. You know, life can get so, we were just talking about being in our heads, right? And like leading with the heart intentionally, intentionally losing your mind, Mm -hmm. right? And I just, I just so, so desire that. I think we need that. I think, I think we all need that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, mm, just, just the permission to be a kid. Mm -hmm. In so many other ways, I find that we as adults, (laughs) maybe, Mm -hmm. um, are still children, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way that we can hold on to you know, these little, these little grudges or have little tantrums and mm-hmm. things like that. And that seems to be, seems to be prevalent and accepted. And mm-hmm. yet walking in somewhere um, in many spaces and just being unabashedly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, is not always everywhere encouraged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you just came from a festival that i've heard great things about mm-hmm. called envision mm-hmm. can you talk to me a little bit about that maybe in the context of play, play. oh yeah, yeah 100%. I, got, I got some good content i'm fresh off the yes. airplane this is like my first official conversation since i got back from costa rica i got back last night um i had a full night sleep and then i woke up this morning and now here we are Talking well, thank you for, for meeting me after that yes. experience. I like actually messaged you last night to give you an out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let me see if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a little out. And you're like, oh, hell no. You're yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's just fresh. Like this is prime time right now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just got back from, from Costa Rica at Vision Festival. And um, really these transformational festivals, essentially it's like, you know, um, seen in, in the context of a transformational festival and with the intention that you will leave a different person than when you arrived mm. and it is a bunch of adults powerfully playing and for a long time my mantra has been today i will powerfully play and the reason why i put power, the word powerful in is is to actually question. anchor real stuff in the 3d through the art of play like right now we're in like an on an acre of land that costs twelve thousand dollars a month to run um and you know it does require resources it does require active energy to put it in motion energy in motion um and yet it's all being created through our highest excitement and through the art of play so one doesn't have to be sacrificed to access the other um and i think that this is a complete pattern interrupt for humans in today's society because we're we're basically shown do what you don't love to chase a carrot at the end of a stick and eventually get to the house that you want to be in when you're 40 years old but you know then eventually have a midlife crisis because you realize you're not actually tapped into your heart's expression you followed your mind for so long and so what we want to do is rekindle the art of play but in a powerful way and that's what envision is it's a transformational festival and um there's a lot of people that are powerfully playing like you know these stages that they're they're constructing and these the, the magnitude of this experience it requires a lot of infrastructure and it requires a lot of masculine energy of of, of building the logistics and having this schedule and all of the sort of stuff and within that space mm-hmm. There's adults hanging by the hair on the stages and stringing on hula hoops and <laughs> dancing with fire and and bringing a boombox on the beach and turning, a, you know, this whole crowd of people into a huge dance party within five minutes. Like, this is adults playing and it felt like adult Disneyland, like Disneyland for adults. Um, and I think that as adults, we have lost 
for the most part, laughs the art of play and we've become over-serious. And over-serious is almost like a disease that's <laughs> rippled around the planet, over-seriousness. Mm. Um, and so with Envision... Well, I've I, heard, I, I, I just want to say, I, I've heard on, on previous episodes of your podcast, uh-huh. the, way that you, the way that you articulate the word dis-ease. Mm-hmm. disease dis-ease mm-hmm. you know and i hadn't heard that before oh really no i hadn't oh. you that i know I, just, <laughs> I, just, I hadn't and um and it's uh it's really interesting because when do we feel the most at ease mm-hmm. although yes when do we feel the most at ease when we're at play mm-hmm. the reason i dropped the although in there is because sometimes i actually find it more challenging to be playful than it is to be very serious mm-hmm. Because it's not your default anymore. No, my default mode is, is basically just like, like I don't even know. I think it's. I think it had fallen into a place of like, everything is so serious. Like I need to get this done. I need to achieve. I need to do this. I need mm-hmm. to do that. It was very much like this place of doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, that's why I'm calling in all this play and joy, and that's why like Alan Watts has been mm-hmm. has been on my radar so strongly recently because of anything he does well. It's like it's the cosmic dance. Mm-hmm. It's the cosmic joke. Mm-hmm. It's the fool, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're right on time, Mark. You're, you're <laughs> perfectly, and you're calling in the art play. And here I am. I, I feel like I'm the embodiment <laughs> of the eternal child. Um, so perfectly on time. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, Alan Watts definitely depicts it in such a beautiful way because through he's, he's powerfully playing, right? He's, yeah. he's, he's, making an impact he's left a legacy he's studied he's gone deep into the esoteric esoteric world he's Mm. a psychonaut of the masses he's gone to the depths where most people are not willing to go and yet been able to transcribe it in a way of play and lightness so that we can receive it and we can receive the codes that he he got from the depth that he went and i think that's there's some mastery in that of being able to go to the depth and also being as light as a child Mm. There's like a beautiful balance between the two because, you know, the eternal child doesn't mean like I'm just like a kid that's not grown up and doesn't, you know, get my, my dot my I's and cross my T's and get things in order. But it does mean recognizing that when things don't go the way that we hoped it to, we find the beauty within the, the, the between the lines. Okay, cool. My like, for example, at the festival, like our car didn't show up, and we're stranded on the side of the road with no money and no Wi-Fi, no no reception, and we were just like eight o'clock in the morning after pulling it all night. I was like, you don't want me. All we wanted to do was get so home. So cranky, you just want to get like, home. Oh. And it was there was two choices in that. There was to resist it and to get really serious. Just letting my hair down now. But by the way, you have brilliant hair. I, love it. I want to talk about hair as well. You're, oh yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, yeah, but it's um, coming down. We can resist it or we Thank can you. find the magic in between the lines. Of course. Come on. Like Tarzan just showed up in the green. <laughs> um, and so it's about like finding the magic between the lines and recognizing that play is available everywhere. It's just the lens that we're seeing life through. Mm. And um, if our default becomes over seriousness, then that's what we can that's what we can lean on to as who we are, but it's not actually who we are. It's a version of ourselves that we play a role as. And I think by finding, like going to these transformational festivals, I have a friend called Fish. Do you know Fish? I don't Lewis know Fish. Fisher. Oh, Lou. Yes, I do know Fish. Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. Another, he's my cousin. I've queen. met him a few times and yes. I and I truly love him. I actually sat in a men's circle with him and his his, his energy. And I, I like I want to find a better word than energy. But 
presence. Yeah. His presence is so, so welcome. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, so fish, if, I don't think you listen to this, but if you, if you do. We love hope, you. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> I don't really know you very well, but I love you. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing is he's mm-hmm. the eternal child as well. And he gives that permission for everybody that's around him. And we're at the festival and he was wearing this, um, kind of like a a one-piece astronaut suit <laughs> with a red clown nose. And we were oh, standing yes. in the crowd uh, waiting for Nako uh, to come on stage. And he was a little bit behind. And, um, and so we were like standing there for a while. Mm. And so Fish, the eternal child, recognizing that there's beauty between the lines, you could stand there kind of being like, oh, I'm tired and waiting over this. Or Fish decides to start a song and he just breaks out in, Lena! on me and then everyone everyone starts joining in and all of a sudden waiting becomes a beautiful like Mm. like crowd of everybody singing and that's actually the magic between the lines and it's available to everybody but it depends on what lens we're looking through in the in-between moment because it's the in-between moments that actually create a legacy of our life it's not the big things usually what do you what do you think contributes to this dis-ease of hyper seriousness? Mm-hmm. Well, dis-ease, if we if we look into what disease is, dis-ease of the body, the body is not in ease. Okay, so when are you in ease? When we're relaxing, when we're getting a massage. For me personally, when I'm in ease is when I'm painting. Mm. When and I can just send all my energy into painting or playing music or having a beautiful conversation or laying in nature. My body's in ease. Mm. So then the piece is how can I maneuver that energy into creating a powerful offering that also creates me to be able to sustain myself in the 3D in this in this third dimension in the paying the rent in the filling the car up with gas in the paying the taxes the 3d kind of stuff um and so really i think that the over seriousness is a byproduct of doing things out of compromise compromising our high, highest excitement our joy our, our, our play um for something that we think we're supposed to be doing to get to a certain point to eventually be able to have happiness which is essentially chasing the carrot at the end of the stick, which is then sacrificing our body's health in the notion of getting to somewhere that's not in the present moment. So it's an illusion because the only thing that's real for the rest of our lives is right now and how our body is feeling right now is what's deciphering the future that's about to come. Mm. So if our body's in disease right now, then how on earth are we going to expect our body's going to be out of disease in 10 years' time? We have to shift it right now. We have to make a conscious decision to actually start listening to the whispers of our heart. Let's talk about right now. Okay. I'm going to talk about my body right now. Okay. Okay. So I feel a strong sense of love for you, mm-hmm. but we're new friends. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when I'm sitting in these discussions, recording with people that I have an immense amount of respect and love for, even still, there's a sense of disease in my mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk to you about where it is right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can go in there. Mm-hmm. My throat, mm-hmm. base of my throat, a little bit closed off. Mm-hmm. Don't really know why. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think I can really apply a why to it. My stomach, you know, just below my rib cage, mm-hmm. top of my stomach, feeling it. Don't know why. Not rumbling, just feeling it, mm-hmm. you know? Those two areas, shoulders, ooh, just popped up. Mm-hmm. You know, traps, mm-hmm. base of the neck. Mm. Mm-hmm. Feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, and yet I want to be here. 
mm-hmm. you know, with you. Mm-hmm. And I want to drop into this and I want to share this experience with people that are listening. And so it's like when we feel disease and yet we're in a moment that we want to be in, like, like what is that? Mm-hmm. You know? So what comes up for me when you say that, specifically just, just after tuning into you about um, the play and that you're calling this in and that this isn't, hasn't been something that has been your default for a while and you're recognizing the power of it and that you're calling in and now you're here and we're having this conversation. Mm. So before you came in here, there was still um, sort of a, a story playing that says that I've got to do this, this and this to achieve, got to create more um and then you sit in in the presence of me being very self-expressed, mm. very conversational. My throat chakra is very activated. Mm. Um, and then in the in the presence of also speaking about where your personal power lies is in the irresistible nature of play, and yet you're recognizing that that's missing within your life in in a large way. And so the stomach is your personal power, your personal power to be in your play and your most powerful when you're in your highest excitement, your greatest joy. So that might be triggering that piece. Mm. The throat is because I'm extremely articulated and it might be reflecting to you where you could maybe move more energy through your throat and be able to speak your truth even in a deeper way and be able to communicate your full spectrum of your human experience and articulate it without dropping a single word. Mm. And then the shoulders can be a byproduct of feeling that you're carrying the weight of the world. And so there's pressure on the shoulders that you've got to do more, you've got to create more, otherwise you're underachieving or whatever it is. And we put this pressure on ourselves and it basically shows up as dis-ease in the body. Mm-hmm. And so what is an internal conversation can actually be create a physical manifestation and that's how we actually create dis-ease over a period of time of an um, out-of-alignment thought pattern. And so the solar plexus is the power center. It's your personal power when you're truly in alignment with your highest self. Your throat is your ability to articulate your, your truth without dropping a single word, not touching your mind flowing right through your heart. And your shoulders is feeling of the kind of weight of the world. So in the presence of somebody that doesn't actually exhibit a lot of that energy, it may trigger the parts of you that are still holding on to those parts of yourself. Mm. Would be my read. I love that read. Thank you. It's so funny. There's certain people that I feel um, like the sub subatomic level just like, like shift you know like Mm -hmm. shifts like new frequencies new vibrations coming through definitely feeling that right now like i think i also think maybe you know offering my own my own self a reflection on on these feelings is like it's like the last it's like the last um like the last grasp for control of the of these thought patterns of that default mode that had crept into my life, mm-hmm. like as the play, as the child is kind of starting to really pop out, mm-hmm. you know, like it, darkest before the dawn is what comes to mind. Not that I'm dark, but just like that, you know, that pattern is going to try to, you know, perpetuate itself as the child resurges, as mm-hmm. the play kind of comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, uh, and in a very specific to this moment in time way, I think, you know, the idea of like my podcast, like, you know, how do I control the conversation? How do I lead the dialogue into, you know, a, a space that's, that's, um, helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's so much ego there because it's really just the flow of this conversation, the, the active listening, and then reflecting back to you. That is more important probably mm-hmm. than you know coming through with like a set of topics to talk about as we discussed earlier mm-hmm. and trying to navigate that mm-hmm. and really dropping into actually like actually feeling and listening to what you have to say mm-hmm. rather than thinking about what's next mm-hmm. i do that often in mm-hmm. conversation 
Mm-hmm. You know, like what's next? How do I respond to this? Mm-hmm. Rather than like, oh, it's like this is the sin of this work. Totally, totally. Which is like the power of actually holding space, mm-hmm. which isn't about what am I going to say or how am I going to respond, but actually I'm fully present and listening and then trusting that it's not about me. And so whatever is supposed to come through will be spoken into the space for the greatest good because the intention has already been set. So the thought that it's even about you or it's about me, that's what creates the mind to still be playing here. And that's what creates the pattern interrupt in, in actually not holding full space. Trusting that by us just showing up here is already creating value. It doesn't matter what you say after this point. It's about how you feel. That will be translated. I learned that exponentially when I... I um, got a gift from the universe of going to about 70% deaf um, about four years ago. And that was when I realized that it's not about what the words that people say. It's about the frequency behind the words that is translate to the feeling. So we have an opportunity here, right? It's all audio predominantly. And it's the frequency of the voice that carries the message behind it. So if we've not actually listened to what, if you've not listened to fully what I've said because you're thinking about what you're going to respond, then the frequency of your voice is not felt with the depth of the feeling that would be available if you're actually fully listening to what I said. It's everything's frequency. Everything's energy. So for me, being 70% deaf, my heightened sense of being able to feel is through the roof. And I went within first few seconds of meeting somebody I can already tune in energetically where they're at doesn't matter if you're like hey how you doing I'm fine yeah okay that's one thing and how you really doing is is in the feeling hmm. how do you go deaf hereditary um hmm. happened four years ago my brother and I both have it um, so it just happened yeah yeah it was kind of like overnight almost it was really bizarre and it's been it's been a beautiful way for me to just go inwards and be like Okay, if I really believe that I I've, I am the creator of my experience, why did I create this? And why did I create it to support me at some point in my life? And through that question, it, A, gave me the power back to understand why it was even happening. And B, then um, it gave me the power back to shift it as well, which is what I'm actively doing now. Mm. But it's amazing. It's such a gift. It took me a while to understand that it was a gift. Um, however, my brother and I are both, we do have superpowers. We have the ability to read people. My brother's decided to take his sub- superpower and he's gone into the world of poker and he reads people at the poker table. <laughs> and, you know, they pull the card and they just feel, they have a complete poker face, but he can feel it. Is he a younger or older brother? He's older, three years older. Three years older? Yeah. And he cool. plays, he plays high stake poker games. Oh shit. Uh, Where? Makes a lot of money. Vegas. He's, he's mm. in LA now, but, um, yeah, he goes to a world series of poker and plays poker in Vegas and, I've gone into the shamanic realms. I've gone into the healing arts. I've gone into supporting people to unlock their potential um, within the human experience, which is all through feeling. And there's no right or wrong. It's just utilizing a superpower for different intentions. (laughs) Talk to me about healing yourself. Healing the self? Hmm. I think the first piece, and I said this just now, is taking full ownership that we are the creator of it. Because it's really important to watch the mind as it goes. Yeah, well, it's because I ate that is why I feel this way. Or it's because I did this. Or because I was around that person is why I feel this way. Or because I live in this environment is why I feel this way. Or because I have this job is why I feel this way. The second we place it in something outside of ourselves, we give our power away to be able to do anything about it. 
So by taking full ownership and saying, I actually created this. For example, I created my hearing. Why? Because this is my analogy, was that I was born and raised um, in a, an environment where I was in a British boarding school and it was very, very strict. Um, and uh, I was trained in the military, in the Air Force, and that was very, very strict. Mm. And it was like a lot of like, do this, do that. This is how it's done. This is your name. This is how you show up. This is how you make success in life. And over a period of time, I just realized like, this is actually not my own authentic truth. So I created a deafness, which basically was like a, a byproduct of a lot of me saying, I don't want to hear this. 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 And I blocked it out mm. and I created a deafness um, and realizing it's a defense mechanism that I created to preserve my internal innocence. Now the defense mechanism isn't needed. So I get to have that conversation with myself um, and my subconscious mind to bring those defense mechanisms down to actually bring my hearing back online, which is available. It's not about seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing that it's even possible. Sorry, it's other way around. So it's, it's not about seeing is believing. It's about believing it and then seeing it. So believing that it's possible to heal, mm. believing that it's possible that I can shift this narrative and then actually seeing the results of it. Any, I believe anybody can heal from anything, truly. I was told that it's hereditary, progressive, and incurable. I was going deaf. I had three years left of hearing. Well, that was four years ago. I'm still hearing. And it's not got worse. In fact, it feels like it's getting better. Um, so it's just not about diagnosing ourselves and then falling into a belief that it, all the hope is lost. It's actually about recognizing that the power of our mind is beyond anything that we can even fathom and being able to take control back of our thoughts instead of our mind controlling us. Who is the I that is taking control of the thoughts? <laughs> Who is the I that is taking control of the thoughts? Well, when the it's the, the mind is really, really powerful, and it, it, like we said before, it's like the ocean, it never stops. You can't expect the mind to stop. It's the ocean, it doesn't stop. The, the ocean is never just going to stand still. Mm. However, by being intentional and shifting the internal conversation into an empowering state of reality, then we bring the control back to in alignment with our intentions as opposed to the mind just controlling us and us kind of being along for the ride. So it is a conscious decision and it's a journey of refinement, meaning that it's an every day, every moment practice of refinement to bring the mind of a million different things that can be thinking about into single point focus in every given moment. For example, when I'm having a conversation with you, it's the only thing that exists. Is your, my conversation with you, that's it. When I'm washing the dishes, the only thing that exists is the fact that I'm washing the dishes. The mind wants to drift off into future timelines or past timelines and bring it back into the present moment. It's training the muscle. And when we have single point focus, we have all of our energy that's now present to be able to cultivate um, the most profound reality possible because we're sending 100% of our energy into the thing that's right in front of us. When we're in a job that we don't like, we're usually thinking about when is it going to end? When am I going to get off work? Who am I going to see after work? What did I do yesterday? But we're not actually in the space. So how can we receive the value of the space if we're not even there? It's really, really, really important that we start training our brain to be in alignment with the highest good of our positive thoughts, our joy and our bliss, our play. <laughs> <laughs> Because then we'll never work a day again, ever. Hmm. I don't ever have time off. Besides when I'm sleeping, I'm never off the clock. I'm always doing something that's progressively supporting my dreams into manifestation. Hmm. However, it's all in the art of play. Whether it's painting, recording an album, recording a podcast, traveling the world, interviewing people, making incredible content, doing immersions with people, hosting women's circles, 
having private clients, I love every second of everything that I do. And the things that I don't love doing, like my taxes or going to the DMV, if I can do what I love with 100%, if I, if I can do what I don't love with 200%, then you become a very powerful person. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the beautiful thing about all of this is available to everybody. No one's been left out of the game here. <laughs> Speak to me about choice. You kind of referenced it earlier. You know, we all have this power to choose, right? And I, um, yeah, I choose, I choose joy. You know, I choose play mm -hmm. and I choose not to be a victim. I feel that. That's one thing that I gathered from what you were just saying was this, uh, oh, if only I had a different job. Oh, if only I had a different partner. Oh, if only I had my full hearing, mm -hmm. then things would be, you know, different. And this kind of never ending cascade of if onlys mm -hmm. that they never go away unless we choose to say no, <laughs> like that's not, that's not the game. It's not this this what if machine that I think, you know, the default mode for my mind at least has been um, over time. Like if then, if then, if then, if mm. then, what if, what if, right? Mm. Like what if now was all that mattered? <laughs> mm -hmm. What if the present actually not only creates the future, but also the past? Mm -hmm. That's something that I'm really leaning into right now. This idea of, this idea of, the the present informing the past more than the past informing the present mm -hmm. catching myself in narrative about how some past experience has led to you know some some thought process or pattern or whatever when it's mm -hmm. really i get to choose in every single waking moment what my past was mm -hmm. <laughs> and what my future is going to be mm -hmm. i think um so i asked you to speak about choice <laughs> and I started talking about choice. But, um, yeah, you know, this idea of manifestation. It's something that I, I, I want to lean into with all of my heart and soul and spirit. And yet, um, something that I still, as someone who... I believe one of my missions on this earth is to bridge the gap between the, the intuition, the spiritual, the heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. And so I can empathize with those that would say, well, this idea of manifestation is actually quite nonsensical. Mm -hmm. And yet I've experienced it mm -hmm. firsthand mm -hmm. and believe it to be so. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about, yeah, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on, on manifestation. Mm -hmm. I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> My friends call me the queen of manifestation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I believe in it a hundred percent. And I think that's a huge ingredient. Um, if you don't believe in it, then there's a huge percent of resistance in your field. And how are you going to attract something when there's resistance present? Right. There's, there's uh, under eight 
billion people on the planet. There's eight billion different realities happening simultaneously, all deciphered through the lens that you believe your reality through. So two of us in the same room, two of us having completely different experiences due to the lenses that we are seeing our experience in this present moment through. And the lens is a byproduct of all of our thoughts and our beliefs up until this point. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So manifestation, you and I, for example, could use a tool that supports a manifestation like a vision board. And you and I could both do the same vision board or a vision board just right next to each other. And we have all the things we create it together and we do the thing and then we go <laughs> off and you put your vision board up in your room and I put my vision board up in my room and everything on your vision board comes true. Nothing on my vision board comes true. Because it's not about the vision board. It's about the believer that's looking at the vision board and actually believing and putting that energy, the emotion behind it, energy in motion out to the universe to actually be able to come back like a boomerang. So, for example, like the, the we talk about manifestation as the law of attraction, it's also, there's many laws on this planet, there's multiple laws on this planet, one of them being the law of gravity. I pick this up, I drop it, falls down. Okay, what made that fall down? That was the law of gravity. Mm. Okay, so... When you send an email from your computer, do you see a letter fly out of your computer and fly out to the ethers <laughs> to the next person you know the email's being sent? No. No, but do you believe that the email got sent? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. But you can see it. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's a belief because somebody did receive it that that is something that's happening. Right. Well, there's things that are happening in the non-physical realm that we don't see but are actually happening every day, like the law of attraction. So whatever your essentially you're vibrating you're a big ball of energy or vibrating at the frequency of whatever story you're telling yourself so you're attracting more to confirm that into your experience mm. and so for me i tell myself stories of uh, magic and music and play and excitement and joy and human connection and um infinite possibilities and therefore i live in a reality that reflects that back to me mm. Um, other people may say that I live in the clouds and I don't live in a reality that is available to most. And yeah, they're right. I do. I don't live in a reality that's available to most because most people don't even believe this is a possible thing. So the believing is seeing. So first is the belief that it's even a real thing. I have had the most profound things happen when I have actually sat and got clear on what my intentions are. For example, at a vision festival, I got clear in the morning. I was like, I did my meditation and I said, okay, I'm I'm going into an experience where there's a certain amount of people that are in their power of play. Everything is much more amplified in this space. Mm. So I'm going to set the intention that I would like to share my music. I have been focusing on my art and my podcast and I haven't been sharing my music very, very often. And I actually get really nervous because of my hearing to actually sing in front of people and to, to play my music. So I'm going to break through that fear because fear really is just false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. False Mm. evidence appearing real. Fear. So if there's fear in my field, then this is an opportunity to up-level, so lean in and then up-level. So um, I recognized that I had fear around expressing myself musically, so I decided to set my intention that morning. I wrote it in my journal and said, I'm manifesting the opportunity to play music. Um... I'm not going to force it. I'm going to allow it to come with me with ease and grace. And all I have to do is get out of my own way when it shows up and say yes, which is a huge part of it. Um, Mm. So I went out into the festival and we went to a camp called Humans I Trust. And um, I was just sat there. And then my friend who's the owner of the camp came over to me and went, Blue, 
um, we've got open stage now and we have like everything set up. I was wondering if you wanted to poem a couple of songs. And because I set the intention that morning and I recognized that it had actually happened, that she had come to me. Now all I had to do was just say yes, feel the fear and lean in anyway. Mm. Felt the fear, decided to say yes, got up on stage. They And then all of a sudden, like, we don't have a guitar, not sure where the capo is. I'm like, okay. So I took a moment, I closed my eyes. I said my prayer and my prayer was, I hand this over to something greater than myself. If this is supposed to happen, there's nothing that I can do to fuck it up. And if it's not supposed to happen, there's nothing I can do to make it happen. So I trust that if it's if it's meant to happen, it will happen right now. And that guitar will show up and a capo will show up. And this will just unfold with ease and grace. I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm completely detaching from it need to happen at all. So I start on the stage, close my eyes, said that prayer. All of a sudden, uh, Ginny shows up with the guitar she goes i found a guitar i don't know i was just laying on on the thing on the side here and i was like <laughs> oh brilliant okay and then i'm like yeah but i need a capo because i've got to play a song and i need the capo for it she's like oh, okay and we'll walk around no one had a capo and i was like okay well if the capo doesn't show up it's not meant to happen mm. all of a sudden this guy comes up to me and he goes hey that's my guitar and i was like oh i just got handed it and she goes oh well do you need a capo and i was like yeah that's, that's exactly what i need it was like, like you read my mind or something you grab me a capo put the capo on and then I turned around and I'm sat in front of this cam, this this tapestry of a huge lion. And all I painted for three years was just lions. And it was just kind of like a synchronicity to me from the universe. Being like, <laughs> I got you back. You got this. Have the courage to share your truth with the world. Go for it. Everything's lining right now. And then the guy that handed me the guitar, he goes, I was wondering if you, if you want me to drum, I'll play the cajon. And then I was like, sure. Yeah. So all of a sudden I have a drummer. Mm. Then this woman shows up out of nowhere holding a violin. She goes, I was wondering if you want me to play violin while you play. So all of a sudden I have a band <laughs> assemble. I'm now here with a guitar. I'm in real time. I have the guitar, I've got the capo, I've got the drummer, I've got the violinist, I've got the, the lion behind me. I've got a huge audience. All my tribe is here. Mm. The sound check's ready to go. She does an intro. She hands me the, the mic. And I was just like, okay, I really trust. And just as I was about to speak, the woman that was holding the violin, she goes, of course you sat in front of a lion blue. And I was like, wait, how do you know me? And she goes, I listened to every single one of your podcasts and I bought one of your original lion paintings back in the day. No. And I was like, <laughs> wow. That's so beautiful. And yet 12 hours ago, I was sat on my little balcony going, I'm manifesting to play some music. And here are all these people and all these things that had to align themselves to show up and align with my intention. And mm. all I had to do is get out of my own way and say, yes, I'll do it. Mm. So here I'm playing music and I'm now playing in front of a couple hundred people at Envision Festival. Talk um, to me about getting out of your own way, because this is, I think, a concept that is often articulated, but it's is for many so much easier um to say than to do mm -hmm. and and i also wanted to touch on like belief like you know what is a belief like why how do we cultivate that belief because i can get 90 percent of the way there but there's mm -hmm. always that 10 percent. Mm -hmm. there's always been present and it's mm -hmm. not to say that it, there will be but there always has been present that 10 percent that's like leaving reason for doubt right like mm -hmm. it almost is like an out it's mm -hmm. like if i if i don't if I don't entirely lean into this belief, then like I'll be safe. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what it is. I don't mm -hmm. know. That's what's coming up for me right now. So maybe that 10% of not believing in it is also the attachment that it needs to happen. It's got to happen. Otherwise, it, it's completely disproving that this is even a real thing. What we can do is we can plant it into the ethers and then completely detach that it needs to happen at all, recognizing that we have everything that we need right now. So there's a seven-step process to manifesting, according to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with a man named Bashar. No. 
Okay, cool. Let's get a little woo woo here and a little esoteric. Okay, so let's get a little woo woo. His name is Daryl Ankh, and he's a man that channels an extraterrestrial alien called Bashar. And he travels all around the world and he channels this guy, and everything that he says is just like profoundly on point, doesn't drop a word with full conviction and Mm. the information Mm. moving aside the judgment of where the information is coming from and actually just dropping into the feeling that wow this resonates this i feel expansion when i hear these words that means it's resonating beyond the judgment of where it's coming from or that it can sound like this or it sounds like a hippie or whatever to listening to an alien Mm. just actually receiving the information it resonates so therefore the body intellect is actually saying that there's some truth here i feel expansion i feel like a liberation of my human experience because i'm listening to these words therefore there's some truth in it and what bashar talks about is the seven steps of manifestation um off the top of my head i don't know every single step i have it written down on my phone um it's on my instagram (laughs) but um what he does talk about is this first the desire what you want to manifest you actually gotta want Mm. there's got to be some energy behind it so for example um i'm manifesting a partner i'm manifesting a beloved i would like to fall in love Mm. okay well first you've got to actually really want that okay do you really want to find a partner that you fall in love with and you feel amazing with yes Mm. okay cool step one the desire is in place step two um the emotion the the feeling of it can you feel that that's that's even you know what would it feel like what's the energy in motion that's the thing that's going to push the thing into motion is the energy in motion the feeling and then step three talks about um mm. uh, there's something along the lines of um uh belief believing that you can actually have it believing that you deserve a partner Believing that you actually get to have it within this lifetime, and it's not just some sort of fantasy, but you do, your real belief is that you, you you're never really good in partnership, and you can't really find a good partner, and it the belief isn't really there that I even deserve a partner. Okay, but we need to lock in that you deserve a partner, that you believe that you get to have a partner within this lifetime. So this is where I want to pause because that's this that's the part, right? Like that is the part I think that belief that is so challenging mm-hmm. for myself and for many people is like. You know, I want to believe, right? I believe that I want to believe. Mm-hmm. And um, and I might in a moment believe, right? Like, this is what I deserve. And this is what I, you know, I, it can happen. And then there's the, there's the mind creep, mm-hmm. right? Like over time, for example, in this play manifestation, I mean, like, I've been working with, um, with a coach, his name's Aaron Rose, and he was on my podcast. And that's how we connected and talk about manifestation and you know, the universe providing. And he, you know, he and I have been leaning into this idea of joyful play and just like embracing kind of the, the inner child and, and reconnecting with little Mark, you know. And um, and I, like after our last session last week, you know, for probably like four or five days, it was just like play, 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 play. And I can already feel myself or something within myself that's like, you're coming back to earth, you know, like, Maybe the play can't sustain. Mm-hmm. And so while I believe that I can cultivate this joyful play within myself and my being at all times and with all within all experiences, there's also something. And you want to talk about aliens. I mean, it might be an alien. I don't know. It could be some co- cosmic gook that's stuck to my true pure being, but um, it's there as well. And so... 
what I experience is like false starts, you know, and this is something I'm talking to Aaron about. It's like, mm-hmm. everything's going to happen, <laughs> play, joy, money, success, you know, whatever I want, love, everything is happening, it's happening, it's happening. It's like, but wait, it might not happen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. it's like all right here we go again we're gonna lean into this we're gonna go here and it's like but actually wait it's like <laughs> you know <laughs> like somebody yeah, like yeah. tokyo drift like yeah, pulling yeah. fucking break and just like <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so so i want to lean into this kind of like third element of belief because mm-hmm. I, I i was you know i'm hoping that you might have something to share with me and then also with the audience about like about like powerful belief mm-hmm. do you believe anything's possible no. Why not? Because I believe that there's bounds to um there's there's laws, there's rules, there's boundaries on on um on space and time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I fundamentally believe that every anything is possible. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe that there I believe in things that are possible that um, I wouldn't often share and in, in the honor of the intention of this, of this, you know, this conversation in this episode, mm-hmm. I'll share, like, I fully believe in aliens, mm-hmm. you know, completely mm-hmm. believe in aliens, believe that we have aliens around us, that they're here, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a function of tuning into the wavelength. Mm-hmm. You could call them aliens, you can call them spirits, you know, like in the deep and, but like there's, but this is what I mean about like bridging the gap between rational and kind of woo woo mm-hmm. as, as like a desire of mine, mm-hmm. because what drove what rational process drove me to be like accepting of this belief well one i watched this episode of planet earth which i fucking love it's the best show ever what? planet earth uh-huh. Uh-huh. and and in the deep oceans there are these creatures that exist that exude a certain radiation radi- radio frequency or light frequency that makes them completely invisible to all of the creatures that exist around them mm-hmm. and so you know, our sense perceptions are limited, our five senses are completely limited, or even our six senses pro- probably has its own limitations. And so, um, and so, yes, of course, it makes perfect sense to me that there are beings, alien spirits, whatever you want to call them, that exist around us that we cannot perceive unless we tap into an, another frequency. Mm-hmm. So I believe in that. Mm-hmm. And I believe in, you know, I believe in our power to manifest to an extent, but I also kind of question right now, like, are we in a single player game where everything is around us is our creation? Mm-hmm. And is that, you know, is that ego driven as well? And if we're in a multiplayer game where, you know, you're manifesting your reality, I'm manifesting my reality, and we come across a, a conflict, let's say, a barrier, and you're ma- you're, the reality that you wish to manifest is not aligned with the reality that I wish to manifest. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's something that plays out in that space, no, mm-hmm. that that um that would stop me from believing in a completely unbounded reality because mm-hmm. or perhaps, you know, perhaps we can figure out a way to dance and play. And you mentioned compromise earlier. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying I I don't think that I believe that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's honest. Yeah, no, I appreciate your honesty. Um, it's really good, and it, I think it, you speak on behalf of a lot of people. Um, and what I, I believe that there are two sort of different layers to this in the sense of there is our own, our own individual reality, and then there's also the collective manifestation of our reality. So the collective mind are operating also at a specific frequency, which then create the government infrastructure that creates the community infrastructure that creates a societal infrastructure. It's a byproduct of the collective mind amplified that, basically is what's running the field and so within the collective mind there's only so much that's possible because we're only activating so much of our potential 
And yet within individuals, you can come across individuals that are manifesting profound realities because they're also operating from their own field that creates their own little pockets of profound realities that we can dip in and out of. And so, yes, they're the collective field. That is, there is a limitation within that, 100%. And the magic that is available to us as individuals when we can unlock our potential, activate our potential within our genetics. This is the study that I do with the Gene Keys. Have you heard of the Gene Keys? No. So the Gene Keys is um, is a, essentially a, a byproduct of two um, theories: is astrology and the I Ching, which is the um, mm. which is an ancient I've text. Been, I've been um, receiving I Ching wisdom for the last like I want to say like thirty weeks from from Bobby Klein. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah I the I Ching it. is insane. It's mm. a 5,000-year-old text um, created by a Chinese emperor, um, mm. channeled by a Chinese emperor of the all 64 archetypes of the human experience. It's an archetypal game that we're playing in. Mm. Um, and also the 64 strands within the genetic makeup. So basically what happens within the Gene Keys is you can create what's called a hologenetic Wait, profile. there's 64 strands within the genetic makeup and there's 64, and the 64 archetypes like, in the oh, human experience. In the I Ching. And those yes. are, those two are aligned. Yes, so oh, aligned with the, the DNA of the human experience. Wow. So within each archetype, mm. there's three ways that you can activate the archetype. There's the shadow lens, mm. there's the gift lens, and there's the city, which is your enlightened frequency. So within all of the archetypes that run through us predominantly, we can access different frequencies along the bandwidth of what's available. So for example, you and I can have the same life's work within our archetypes. Mm. Um, however, I could be in the shadow and you could be in the gift. You could be operating at a much higher frequency, calling in a much higher frequency reality mm. than me because of my lens, seeing it through the shadow, which is doing the same thing, expecting different results, looping and not understanding how to mm. get out of it, which is where the collective mind is at. Mm. This is the collective, sh we're at the shadow frequency. We're still in the, the game of separation. We're still operating from our default setting of fear. You turn on the news, it's what you see predominantly, propaganda of fear drilled into our subconscious mind. Movies, horror movies, music, continuing to perpetuate separation. It's what feeds the shadow. How do you control the masses? Keep them in the shadow. Keep them in fear. Keep them in separation. That's how we can control them because the masses have one playing card. That's, that's numbers. We have the numbers, but if you keep us separated, then we don't have the numbers, we don't have the power. So yeah, we live in a, a reality where not a lot is possible within that frequency. However, the way that we can actually shift and change the world is by taking ownership of what's actually available to us and shift our energy into our gift frequency by understanding and know thyself. Know your energies that you're working with. Understand what archetypes that are run predominantly through you. Know your astrology. Do your breath work. Mm. Do your meditation every morning. Do your Kriya, your Kundalini. Tap into your internal wisdom that is you and your direct connection to source and get the intuitive hits of what to do next and receive the clarity outside of the Maya, the illusion that's running from the collective mind. Completely, completely, totally. And this is how we activate the potential within our being and raise our frequency, therefore creating a higher frequency of reality. And that's the change that we wish to see in the world. That's how we can put our two cents in. Know thyself. So I'm holding space for this, these ideas of know thyself and the practices that we put in place and tapping into our intuition and, our, and our full, the fullest expression of ourselves mm -hmm. in all that we do, right? Like whether I'm cooking or, you know, or playing sport or making an Excel model, 
right? Like, how do I stay present to that as you described earlier and like be very much in that, in that space and feel into my body? You know, I have many, many different practices um, that, I, that I use to try to tap into these frequencies, to tap into these frequencies, not to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what, where I land is that we are completely in control of the way that we, in, in the way that we experience life. We are completely in control of the way that of we the way that we experience life. Mm-hmm. So, what we are control over is our judgments, mm-hmm. right? And so, whether something good or bad happens, we get to decide mm-hmm. what that experience was. You you perfectly represented that when you described your experience of losing seventy percent of your hearing. Mm-hmm. You choose that that is an experience that allows mm-hmm. you to tap into the your deeper deeper sense of feeling, mm-hmm. and to block out some of the bullshit that you really didn't want to hear, anyways. Mm-hmm. You could have chosen something else, mm-hmm. right? And you had complete control over that choice. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that we control our internal world. And that's 100% available to us. And yet I still hold that anything is not, that not anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And so help me to merge those two. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's like um, when you leave this space when you leave the mother tree when you pack up your podcast stuff and you get back in your sister's car <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone i'm driving my sister's car, sister's car. i don't have a car <laughs> so when you go back out on the road any, i threw that in that little i respect it detail in there i love it um you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to cut you off. You don't know who you're going to meet when you go to the grocery store. You don't know what's going to happen. There is a random series of events that are happening out into the world. You are not controlling all of it. Completely. So, yes, 100%. It's completely, like, it seems almost random, <laughs> like, the crazy amount of events that can happen once you leave this space. And your ability to respond to it is what deciphers the next thing to come, but the universe is working for you. So, for example... If that mindset is applied to the universe is working for me, why did I create this deafness? Why did it help me? It's definitely going to create a much more peaceful reality than resisting it and thinking, oh, smite you, oh, smitey, smiter, up there sitting on a cloud and deeming me at, <laughs> at 24 years old to go deaf and now I'm, I'm just the one that's suffering and I'm the victim of it. Yeah, okay, cool. That's also a reality you can choose. There's but no right and but wrong. But I can't choose, I can't choose the fly as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm bounded in 3D in the third dimension by my ability to fly. Now, maybe I can dream about flight and then I can I can be Zhuangzi, the butterfly, and I'm flying from flower to flower. And who's to say that that reality is any lesser or any less real mm-hmm. than this current reality that we're sitting in right now? And I hold that. So maybe I guess you can fly. <laughs> well, but here and now I cannot. I cannot say blue. Anything is possible. I'm going to take off through the roof of this of this space and I'm going to fly and I'm going to go save the world like Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I say, like, I do not believe that anything is possible mm-hmm. because I think we were bounded by maybe some kind of, um, there maybe there are rules to the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know who makes up the rules. I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I tap into some of them, which is like this one that we keep agreeing on, completely agreeing on that we control our internal world. Mm-hmm. I believe that we, we agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we feel like we don't control it, though, and our emotions run the show. Yes. Because instantly, you know, when you when you see a partner flirting with somebody else, can you control oh, the God. jealousy that comes up, or Burns. is it an instant reaction? I'm like, and that feeling just comes up. I'm, I don't feel like I'm in control of it. If I was controlling it, then I wouldn't feel the jealousy. I would 
actually rather feel something much more pleasant. Truth. Yeah. So there is an element of like. <sighs> but we control our reaction to that. We control our judgment of that. It's like yeah. I can I can feel that fire burning up inside of me when I see my partner with someone else and be like, I'm going to like fucking like rage and like mm -hmm. my muscles start to clench and my blood is hot and my stomach is tensed and mm -hmm. my jaw is like, mm -hmm. right. And I can decide that. I'm going to go do something about that and, and react, right, mm -hmm. and take action and yell and scream and go fight the guy or whatever mm -hmm. it is that, you know, people do when they feel these emotions. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, oh, that's that's anger in my blood. Mm -hmm. That's self-awareness. That's, that's coming back sadness to that in my belly. No, yeah. self piece again. Yeah. Uh -huh. And coming back to the flying piece, if <laughs> a few hundred years ago, if you'd said, um, you know what, Mark, I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly from here to Costa Rica. <laughs> and you blue, blue. you dope, but come on now, like get your head out of the clouds. And then all of a sudden, there I am in a uh, in a steel or like a a metal tube flying at five hundred mi miles an hour through the skies to Costa Rica. Am I flying? Yeah. Mm. Was it once a thought? Yeah. Was it once laughed at? One hundred percent. Did it manifest? Yes, it did. Was there a time period between it actually saying it and actually manifesting? Yes, it was. Excuse me. Because the evolution of consciousness is burping over here in it the corner. It felt good. <laughs> Release. Clear, clearing some Release stuff. the doubt. Yeah, unleash the demons. <laughs> <laughs> but their flying did happen. Yeah. And yes, did it get laughed at? Yes. What, what about a telephone? Hey, I'm going to talk to somebody across the world in real time. I also got laughed at. But yet, did it manifest? Yes. Did it manifest instantly? No. There's a time lag. Do I believe that humans will be able to fly at some point? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Why not? Is I it going to happen now? No, my consciousness is not there yet. I mean, my physical body doesn't fly. Like, I've experienced flight and space travel mm -hmm. with my conscious body. Let's mm -hmm. call it my spirit body. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, true. I, I appreciate that. I, I want to just give, give a disclaimer here that I'm not coming from a place like I, I have anything figured out. Mm -hmm. I don't. At the end of the day, we're floating on a massive rock held into orbit by a huge ball of fire floating through space at millions of miles an hour. Yes. Do I know what the fuck is going on? No, I don't. <laughs> have I applied certain theories that have actually manifested in my reality and created my own personal heaven on earth? Yes. Do I live in a place of 90% of my day in a place of ease and grace? Yes. So is it a choice to say, I mean, can one choose to believe that anything is possible? Everything's a choice. Everything's a choice. Everything's a decision. If we don't believe it, it's not going to show up in our reality. If you don't believe in the law of attraction, if you don't believe in manifestation, if you don't believe in magic, if you don't believe in the power of the mind, then it will not be a part of your reality. But what is belief? Belief is the emotion energy behind it saying that it's possible and actually allowing that to be. Like, I could answer your field. question and just say, I believe. I believe that anything is possible. Is your energy behind it, though? Is the energy in motion, the emotion behind it? A, pers a portion of my energy is behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I think, like, we have, like, little horcruxes. Huh? We have, do you like Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't read it. I mean, I watched some. That's so in Harry Potter, like, Voldemort has this practice to stay alive where he, he takes, you know, pieces of his soul and he breaks them off and he puts them into different spaces. So they're, they're, they call them horcruxes. It's actually dark art in, in Harry Potter mm -hmm. lore. Um, but like, you know, I believe in the multidimensionality of our character. And so like, 
yeah, like there's like little Mark, you know, little Mark is like, he's on the grass, he's having a good time and he believes that he can fly. And he's singing R. Kelly. And like, know that's not a good thing nowadays, but like, you yeah. know, he believes he can fly. Not a good thing. He believes he can touch the sky, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, like there's other elements of my, of my being that are like, you know, maybe like, don't jump off that cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, like fear. Yes. Um, false evidence appearing real, but mm-hmm. like the fear that I have of jumping off the hundred foot cliff into the abyss is what keeps me present in this third dimension. And that's why fear actually is not our enemy. Exactly. Fear keeps us safe sometimes. And it's usually the discernment as well. There's many, many elements playing in here. It's also just self-awareness. Like, I'm not saying, like, <laughs> to go and be like, I believe in dragons now, and there's a dragon here, and I'm going to jump on this dragon, and I'm going to fly <laughs> off the cliff, and everything will be great. I, mean, I, I saw the dragon that you guys keep, I saw the dragon that you guys keep yeah, in the stable have, in the back next to the unicorn. We have the stables, we have a dragon <laughs> in there. I don't need the parents if I can see it. <laughs> and as I said, I'm not there yet. Yeah, oh, my way. No, you can't see it yet. <laughs> no, and that, that's not what I'm saying, but really is recognizing that uh, we are radio towers, and what we're emitting is coming back to us like a boomerang. So if our internal conversation is sending out, I don't like doing this job. I don't like my partnership. This doesn't feel as good. Oh, I'm negative, feeling negative about this. Whatever it is, I'm in resistance. We are sending that out and we're calling more of it. It's like, it's like the paycheck to the universe. What are we putting out there and asking for more of? So if I live in a reality of recognizing that giving and receiving is the same frequency. Mm. And if I can get out of my own self-obsession of thinking about how am I going to survive and how am I going to pay rent and what am I going to do and what am I going to post today and what's my caption going to say and am I content creating value and blah, 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 <laughs> constantly in the eye, I'm creating suffering when I'm in the eye. Today? All the things. Yeah. What does it look like to get into the we and go, how can I be of service today? How can I support the people around me? I'm going to make some food. I'm going to make it for everybody on the earth. I'm going to make a cup of tea. I'm going to ask if other people want some too. I'm emitting a frequency. I'm making a choice to tune into the belief that giving and receiving is the same energy and I'm just going to start creating a default of giving in my life and watching, actually watching the byproduct of living in a very abundant reality because of the amount I give. Recognizing that works for me. Okay, cool. I'm not here to tell anybody else how to live their life. I'm here to share how I live my life and if it resonates, fuck yeah. If it doesn't, fuck yeah. Mm. I'm not attached to how other people choose to live their life. And yet I am in full support of sharing my own truth unapologetically because I feel like I live in a reality of magic. Real magic. I feel like... If you, when you walked onto this property, did you feel there's a slight frequency change when you came here? There's something that's non-tangible that you can feel that is a byproduct of lots of decision made in love. And so what I say is like anything is possible is recognizing that our dreams don't have to be dreams. They get to be a reality. When we were non-physical beings, when we were just spirits, like what I mean by that is if, if I was to die now and you were to weigh me before I died and weigh me afterwards, I weigh exactly the same. And yet my essence, my spirit, my soul is not here anymore. There is a spirit, there is a soul that came and incarnated into these what I call flesh puppets, these quantum computers that we were dropped into. Mm. But before we were in these physical realms, we were spirit, we were matter. We, were, we chose sorry, to manifest. Yes, and we chose to manifest. Why? Because we needed a body to create things with. 
spirit when we're just energy when we're just spirit when we're just um you know energy floating in the ethers we didn't have a body to go to manifest with to create with so we came into this dimension where i believe anything is possible and we get dropped into these flesh puppets and we have a physical body now to create what was once a thought into a physical tangible thing that's why we're here and the joy of creating a canvas is completely blank and then having a painting at the end of it after a couple of weeks or whatever, the feeling of creating is what I believe is the reason of being alive. <clears throat> Everything was once a thought. This table was once a thought. Someone said, you know what? I need something to prop something on. Okay, cool. I'm going to think I'm going to create. And it became a thought and it became a man ma manifestation, a physical manifestation. Everything starts with a thought. But if the person that that created this table, didn't believe tables were possible, this table wouldn't be here. Everything starts with a thought. But if the thought is not possible in our mind, then how on earth is it going to turn into a physical manifestation? Mm. So what are your dreams? What do you want to create? And what are the stories that saying that it's not possible, that I'm too old and I don't have enough resources, I can't travel anymore, I'm too old to move my body in that way. Whatever the stories are, they're stories. I'm a musician and I'm 70% deaf. That doesn't make sense. No, but is it a reality? Yes. Mm. What stories are we telling ourselves? We write the stories. I like to write the story that anything's possible. Have I sat in my cabin and gone, I really want to fly. I really want to fly. I really want to fly. Oh, it's not on top of my priority list right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have I seen anybody fly? No. Do I believe it's possible? Yes. <laughs> Do I have any science to back that up? Not at all. Have I seen miracles happen in real real time in front of my face and I yes. have no scientific ability to back that up? Yes. Many times, almost on a daily basis at this point. Mm. Do I believe that it's available to everybody? 100%. Mm. Is it going to be available to everybody? No. What's the difference? Because people believe, people don't believe. Mm. People judge, project, think it's woo-woo and then continue to live a life of misery. Okay, cool. You do you, boo. But I for sure want to lay on my deathbed and go, I put as much pain on that canvas as possible. I went all in. I played all of the archetypes. Why not? Hmm. It's fun. And again, it's the artist's responsibility to make the revolution irresistible. Take the word artist out. It's everybody's possibility to make the revolution irresistible. But it's got to be through our joy and through our play, through our dance, through our celebration, and through being completely outrageous and being the anomaly that's going to make it possible. <laughs> beautiful thank you so it's fun mm. and I want to have fun while I'm here and I want to do it not only for myself for my children and for my children's children for every generation that comes after me to believe that anything is possible and to not give up on your dreams and to not take a number and fall in line and to do what we should and have people should on us all over stop shooting on me I hate getting shooted on. It's no more should. No more should. No more trying. Mm. Lots of doing and lots of I ams. I worked in an office nine to five. Didn't think I was good at anything. Worked from a paycheck to paycheck. Didn't like my job that much. And I went from being there four years ago to where I'm at now. And it was all, I mean through a series of miracles and beautiful intentions and also plant medicines. Mm. Sitting with plant medicines and just learning the, the teachings of the plants without their ego. Plants don't have ego. 
They have thousands and thousands of years of wisdom without an ego. And you can merge your consciousness with them and learn from them in an honored, sacred, ceremonial container with somebody that you trust with your life. Yes. With somebody that you trust with your life. Yes. Very important. Extremely important. I'm not just going on Google and typing in shaman. <laughs> it's uh, it's a whole other topic. But yeah, that's a whole other topic, 100%. Yeah. However, the- but well, I would say that. I, so I do one thing that I do hold it um, as a belief that you know is not scientifically proven that many people would probably disagree with. Is I'm, I'm fully, fully, fully behind the idea of reincarnation, and so I choose to to reincarnate as a pine tree on a mountain <laughs> in the snow, mm-hmm. and I'm at my greatest peace when I'm sitting among them. And it's just so still and you can watch them dance in the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just watch them dance even without wind. And mm-hmm. that was such a cool experience for me, actually, that my that plant medicine for the first time I ever did mushrooms, you know, as as like a 20 something, like early 20s, like maybe 19 even, you know, going to that space of just like being in nature and realizing, oh, wow, like I was taught in science that these things are alive, that that plants are alive. Mm-hmm. But like to see a tree dance without mm-hmm. wind. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's not the wind blowing the tree. Mm-hmm. It's the tree just dancing. Mm-hmm. It's super beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I feel that. I feel that power of plant medicine, and I've experienced it before. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's led to a lot of different shifts mm-hmm. within me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like, I also, I also want to say, like, I hold space for the questions. You know, like, I honor your belief. I honor your 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 um your reality and the reality that you choose for yourself and i also want to honor those that that you know have questions mm-hmm. are we're curious mm-hmm. you know curious learning mm-hmm. and growing young spirit mm-hmm. old spirit trying to like merge it mm-hmm. merging it and that's how i got to where i'm at today is i was curious i started asking questions i didn't just mm-hmm. believe everything everything was taught everyone taught me yeah. I asked questions, did my own research, became my own shaman of my own experience. Mm. And I once I started finding knowledge that helped me feel expansion in my heart, I couldn't stop. And just for me, to navigate the realm of feeling is to feel contraction and expansion. And where there's contraction, that means something's not in alignment. Mm. When there's expansion, it means there's something more here. And you can need to study that. So I just feel my way through my reality and recognize that when I'm in my expansion, that's when I'm in my greatest offering. It's not about what I do. It's about who I be when I do it that people keep asking me to come back. Mm. I keep getting hired for certain things or why I'm flown out to Costa Rica or why things are covered for me. It's just who I be when I show up. It's because I'm in my joy and my excitement that people want to be around me more. And it's because I kept choosing expansion. Even though potentially it was safe and predictable to choose contraction. I um I recently uh, felt like such a strong gratitude for karma mm-hmm. and karmic cycles mm-hmm. because what an opportunity to experience the same thing, to notice it, whether it's like exactly the same or not, like like you know situationally whatever you know bad boss experiencing that the boss is bad trouble in a relationship whatever it might be being broke right like oh i'm back here again oh wait but this time it feels so different Mm -hmm. you know because i choose that it's not 
it's not it's not gonna be the end of the world it's not gonna be the end of me mm-hmm. you know it's just gonna be it's gonna be fine it always ends up fine and like karma my opinion is is getting roped into the same situations so that we can grow and evolve beyond them mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. super grateful for that mm-hmm. super grateful for for you for opening up this space to me and for sharing this conversation with everyone that's listening. Mm-hmm. I would love if, um, you know, we could do this again sometime. Mm-hmm. And if you'd be open to and willing to close the space now mm-hmm. for everyone that's listening, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Well, like, I, I believe that, you know, whenever we do these podcasts, it is kind of like a little ceremony in itself. You set an intention. And I was talking with my friend at Envision Festival about the power of intention and um, how all food and water is programmable. Mm-hmm. And if we just set the intention of gratitude into it, then it reshapes the molecules of the food and therefore it's easier to digest and it's just in our body and we become the food. A banana once was a banana and then all of a sudden becomes our skin. It becomes us, whatever we put in it into our body. And so same thing with, you know, creating any content, media as medicine, put intention. Why? Why are we having this conversation? And then with the intention closing out, um, it creates it as 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 a ceremony in itself, and it wraps it up as a really powerful piece of media as medicine. Um, so I'm really glad that you asked me to open up the space of intention, and we can close <laughs> it out. Um, and uh, hmm. yeah, so I invite you to anybody that's that's at home or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Besides, if you're driving a car, ideally, please don't close your eyes <laughs> <laughs> because we don't we don't although, want any accidents happen. Although Ram Das has this great story about driving across the country with his eyes closed, just chanting Sri Ram J J Ram the whole time, and, <laughs> and like coming to just like sixty miles on the highway. Oh my right? god! <laughs> Strongly not wrong. Don't do it. it. <laughs> yeah, I do not that. everybody's Ram yeah, Das. Not the vibe. <laughs> Maybe for Ram Das, but not the vibe for anybody else. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, closing your eyes and just finding a comfortable seat and feeling the uh, the amount of trust that you have that the seat is holding you right now. It's not really like you're sending conscious awareness to, I trust this seat is holding me, I trust this seat is holding me, that you just subconsciously trust that you're being held by the seat. See if you can apply the same amount of trust that the universe has got your back. Because that's a profound amount of trust. And if you can apply that level of trust, if somebody bumps into the back of your car while you're in traffic and you immediately feel that reactive nature and then recognize, I trust this too. Or I trust that my flight is delayed for a reason. I trust that this person I was hoping would come to this dinner can't make it for a reason. If we can trust beyond what is happening in the moment and trust that the universe has our back, then that trust will open up doorways for the higher reason of why it's happening. And so this path of enlightenment is not saying that shit does not hit the fan because shit will hit the fan. But our ability to trust in something much greater is what's going to actually allow us to sail through the storm and recognize the holes in our ship and actually come out stronger on the other side by patching up the holes. It's through our response instead of our reaction. It's what allows us to evolve as humans. Evolve through this frequency game into the highest frequency of our expression, therefore creating a higher frequency of reality. 
And that's the power that we have. We don't have to con the control the power to manipulate every small detail that happens after you listen to this podcast. But we do have the power to respond. So with that being said, utilizing your breath, which is your anchor back into the present moment, the only moment that exists for the rest of our lives, let's take three really deep breaths together. Bring us back into this moment, allowing a deep breath in through your nose, right into the deepest part of your belly and then hold it. No open mouth exhale. Two more of those. Deep breath in through your nose. Open mouth, exhale, sigh it out. Ah. One more breath, and lying a deep breath in through your nose. Deepest breath we've taken all week. Hold it. Open mouth, exhale, sigh it out. So giving it some context, like we said before, we are human beings floating on a massive rock through space, thousands of miles an hour, held into orbit by a huge ball of fire. None of us really know what is going on, but what truly feels like home is when we feel love. So if we can start applying that love to every area of our lives, that when we can really see miracles happen in our reality, if we can start to learn to love ourselves, start to learn to love every single person that comes into our physical field, recognizing that they are God wrapped in physical form and treating them as such. That everybody on this planet really has two things in common. They want to feel loved, they want to be seen. And recognizing that if we can truly see ourselves and love ourselves, then we can truly start loving others and seeing others and planting seeds with every conversation, every interaction that we have. Planting seeds that eventually turn into a beautiful garden of roses. Everywhere we look, abundance is reflected back to us. And abundance isn't just financial prosperity, but abundance shows up in form. Have abundance of food, abundance of nourishing people, abundance of opportunities. Abundance of outlets of creativity, abundance of nature, abundance of play, abundance of joy and abundance of love, abundance of financial prosperity. We are the creators of our reality through our ability to respond. And may this podcast ripple into the ears and the hearts of every person that is ready to step into their truth. For our children, and our children's children for all the future generations that come after us. And for all the seven generations before us and the seven generations after us, healing our bloodline of trauma and allowing us to move from survival into thriving. Because heaven on earth is anchored through our own personal responsibility, our ability to respond. With so much gratitude for my opportunity to share my truth, my heart and my wisdom with you here today. Thank you, Mark, for trusting in me to come onto your podcast and share this transmission. Thank you. Thank you so much. So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. And that's why it's medicine. And so it is. Jennifer's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. It's been a really fun ride so far. I just get so excited every time I meet some of these incredible people and just love sharing their stories and, and ideas with you all. You can learn more about the show at thelookuppodcast.com. That's T-H-E, lookuppodcast.com. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Wark Meinstein, W-A-R-C-M-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N on both Twitter, Instagram, um, and Medium, and Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page for the show as well, The Lookup Podcast. Um, on Facebook. So check us out. Uh, You can also subscribe to our mailing list on the website for more future updates. If there's anything from the show that you want to catch, I've posted that in the show links for you to check out. And if there's any way that I can improve, please let me know. Feel free to reach out. If you have any guest recommendations, please let me know. Other than a couple of individuals who are helping me out in the background, you know, this is a passion project and I'm always open to feedback and any kind of support. I want to thank Sam Palumbo and Patch Kid Music for the sound editing and the intro and outro song that he created. And I want to thank Hello There Collective for their support on my social media. You can check them out at hellotherecollective.com. All right, that's enough for me. I'm sure you're ready to go on to your next activity. Thank you for listening. And please come back again next week for another episode of the Look Up Podcast. Podcast.